Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and that wallet of yours. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can keep more of what you make. Coming up in a few minutes in today's Clark Rageous Moment, I have a special warning for you about a scam targeting places of business where the risk can be magnified, the amount of money lost can be intense. I'm going to tell you what to look out for and how to avoid trouble. And later, this Christmas is a free shipping bonanza. I'm going to fill you in on brand new developments that are going to make it much easier for you if you don't want to fight the crowds at the stores and you just want to buy online. So open enrollment is underway. I gave a little briefing on open enrollment for health insurance a couple of weeks ago, and I want to tell you now that open enrollment is here, there are some changes this year that you need to know about and be aware of. First of all, roughly one in six Americans buy health care as an individual rather than through an employer plan or through uh, being of age to be on Medicare or through something that's related to government providing health coverage like Medicaid or whatever. So individuals buying coverage have faced over the years a real confusing conundrum with buying health coverage. If you qualify based on income and family size for a subsidy, the cost of buying individual health coverage is relatively cheap because of the subsidy. If you're someone who makes too much to qualify for that and you buy your own individual plan, the plans can be a fortune, absolutely a fortune. And the plans come with deductibles and all that. And so people have been searching hard to find alternatives that would have more affordable premiums. I take a lot of calls from people that are looking at the religious-based co-ops, where you go into a co-op for health coverage, it's not insurance, and you pay into the co-op, and then the co-op uses the funds people paid in to pay routine medical bills. The risk is that these plans don't have strong financial backing so if in a co-op a number of people end up with catastrophic illnesses the co-op runs out of money but it does provide a much more affordable premium and it's something that has appealed to any of a number of people who've called me now this year in a number of states if you go to healthcare.gov and you look for available health plans, you may see a health plan, some states don't allow this, but others do, that will be remarkably low in premiums, right by the bronze, silver, gold, and platinum plans, which if you bought them in the past, you know can be quite expensive and have the deductibles involved with them. But what you do need to know the cheaper plans that tend to be half the cost per month of the ones that are color-coded bronze, silver, gold, platinum, that these plans 
usually will require what's known as medical underwriting. These are not what are known as compliant plans. So the insurer can reject you based on pre-existing conditions, can reject you because they just don't like your health profile. But the scarier part potentially is for routine stuff, these non-compliant plans typically work fine. But if you develop a serious illness or if you're a woman and you get pregnant, you likely will have no coverage for a serious illness or for a pregnancy. You know, buying health insurance is complicated. And it's something you need to know. You wonder, there's got to be a catch. Why is this one $474 a month and this other one $251 a month or whatever the numbers would be? And potentially the difference is that the cheaper one is non-compliant and you want to check out and you'll usually you'll know it's non-compliant if they make you do a medical questionnaire that would be an automatic tip-off because a compliant plan takes all people regardless of pre-existing medical conditions so if you're asked to fill out any health history then you're going to know right away it's a non-compliant plan that will have many exclusions for what it covers What's so difficult in this area is in your budget, being able to afford the premium every month for something that actually covers everything may be beyond your ability to afford. And so you may trade down to one of these other things, but then again, the problem with one of these other things is they're not going to cover so many different things, which leads me to this conclusion. If you cannot afford a compliant plan that you would buy at healthcare.gov, instead of looking at one of these non-compliant plans, look instead at one of the religious-based co-ops as the alternative. I think that's the better alternative to consider. Ingrid's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ingrid. Hi, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you, Ingrid. How can I be of service to you? Oh, first, I want to just say that you are like my hero. I love you so much, and I am so excited to talk to you today. I almost forgot my question. That oh, is how no. I am. <laughs> That's so funny. Thank you. <laughs> so thank you for all you do. Okay, so my question is, I know, like you say, if you keep your credit cards, you have some that you don't use, and you should use them twice a year. Um, I just wondered, should does it matter how much you spend on that purchase? It does not. Um, okay, that was my question, because I wasn't sure if, if you have, like, I have a couple of cards that have a large um, credit balance, or at least it's large for me, so I have, like, $15,000 available credit. I didn't know if it mattered, if it should be, like, a percentage of your available credit, or if it mattered at all. It's really the transaction activity. No issuer that I'm aware of has gone to a system where they're gauging activity or inactivity based on how much the dollar transactions are. And that could come in the future and be pretty easy for the banks to program for that. But to this point, as long as you use a card that's often referred to as a back-a-wallet card, a card you've kind of forgotten about, 
you use it a couple of times a year for even a tiny purchase, it will show that it's an active account, an active card, and likely won't put you into that category where suddenly you got to notice that your card is being canceled or that your credit limit is being greatly restricted. Okay, great. Thank you. Sure. How many back-of-wallet cards do you have, Ingrid? Okay, well, I have um, five major credit cards, but I don't really use any of them. I use one of them um, for bill pay stuff, and then I pay it off every month. Great. All right. But well, I'm afraid of them dropping my credit. I don't want them to drop my credit limit. You know, I'm trying to work on my credit because I want to buy a house. So. Well, that's good. So just the utilization, just using them, little piddly amounts, should be enough to keep you in good stead. David's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, David. Hello. David, you just became mortgage debt-free. I am mortgage debt-free, and my question to you is this. I paid my mortgage off uh, via wire transfer, got a letter from the mortgage company saying that I am in good standing. Everything is zero balance. Check my account on their website. I've got a zero balance. I checked my account on the tax assessor's uh, website saying that there are no liens on the property. I did get in the mail, however, a release of lien from my mortgage company. Is that a document I need to keep in my um, fire safe? Yeah, so I would keep, my I, wills, would, my... I would actually print out the thing you um, that you did where you inquired with your mortgage company and you saw zero balance. Correct. Do a screenshot of that, print that out, and put that away. Uh, you found no liens with with your county print out exactly. that and those three things together you're good okay and that's my question is i don't want to go i'm not planning on selling my house anytime soon but i don't want to go to the closing table 10 years down from the road and find out that i've got a lien that all of a sudden nobody knows about from the mortgage company i had the craziest thing happen to me once with a loan that i had paid off Yes. And it was this was before we had access to seeing our credit reports whenever and all Thank that. You. Exactly. My loan was sold for servicing from one lender to another. And that's what's happened in my case. And so what happened was the original lender never zeroed out the loan. And when I went to sell that property, I got a call from the uh, attorney handling the closing for the buyers and he said, uh, you still show this mortgage here for blah, blah, blah dollars. And I said, no, but it, was, it was what was still showing. And so what had happened was the, the old servicer and the new servicer were both reporting the loan as if it was the same loan mirrored as a current loan. When I, when I had paid it off, one of them showed it zeroed out. The other still showed it as an active loan. It's and, an active loan, exactly. And what a pain it was. I had to actually hire a lawyer to go get that cleared out with the old lender. Okay. Isn't that crazy I had to do that? So now, today, if you were, if you wait a couple months, you look at your credit report with a loan that was sold, you'll be able to see that it's zero balanced with the old servicer and zero balanced with the one you actually paid off. And that's what it looks like. Every step I've taken, it looks like everything is zeroed out. I just didn't know whether when I got that letter saying that the lien has been released, if that was something I should keep. 
in my file. Yes. You know, I've done my due diligence. Everything shows zero balances. I just didn't know whether that would come back to haunt me. 10 years down the road when I go to sell this property. Is, no, you should be fine. Way. And there's a suggestion that somebody gave the last time I talked about important papers that is a great yes. idea. Do you use the Google Photos app? No, I don't. I know what you're talking about, but no, I have not. Google Photos provides free storage for life of any picture you take and okay. also has artificial intelligence where it knows when something is a document instead of a photo of people. And okay. so you can take pictures. Uh, in fact, you could just pull up a screenshot of exactly. the, the zero balance and all that, take a picture with your phone with Google Photos storing it, and you'll have a digital record that'll just okay. follow you forever, showing that you have successfully paid it off and everything's hunky-dory if any problem later came up it's the same kind of stuff i recommend to anyone even more important if you ever pay off a student loan with the inaccurate records kept by student loan servicers whatever documentation you have down the road when somebody says oh no you still owe on such and such student loan you say nope here's my record that i don't today's clark rageous moment is something i want you to pay close attention to it is a problem in any business where people below the boss are trying to please the boss. Criminals have been able to exploit the pleaser and people who are subordinates trying to look good for the boss. And when the boss requests something or demands something in an email that you feel like you should do it immediately, but this has come to so much heartache in so many organizations it has happened repeatedly where people have sent payments to organizations that the company didn't owe any money to thinking they were complying with instructions from a boss sending wires to crooks where someone has hacked in and sent an email as if it's from the boss and the latest according to the federal trade commission that is the number one scam going on right now imposter scam is where you receive an email that is an instruction from your boss to go buy a number of gift cards for key clients as i guess in this case now we're in a cycle where it would all be seem credible because of how close we are to christmas the gift cards are actually ending up in the hands of crooks who empty them out. There is no way for the business to ever recapture the funds that are transferred onto these gift cards, and the criminals make out like what they are, bandits. So, as I said before, with any wire instructions you've supposedly received from a boss, any instructions to send a check to someone from the boss, if it comes in an email from supposedly the boss, a text supposedly from the boss, any method of communication where you are not talking directly to your boss, always do a follow-up phone call before you execute what you think of the boss's instructions to say that, I just want to make sure this really is what you want me to do because there's been a big problem with people impersonating bosses, and then you've shown your boss that you're even more careful with the company money. 
Joel, I think we have time to sneak in and ask Clark here. Yeah, Clark, we sure do. Nicholas wrote in, he said, I have a question about how on earth security keys are supposed to work. You recently spoke about them. You mentioned that there are ways to hook them up to your online banks, but I didn't see any indication about how you would go about doing this, and I'd really appreciate if you could explain it. All right, so these are actual USB devices that people do their mobile banking and things like that on a laptop. And these things, the most common brand is Titan. Google also offers its own USB security key. These things tend to cost around $30 or $40, and they create a secure platform that prevents somebody, well, at least as technology stands today, from hacking into your account. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where you're empowered with knowledge so you can save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. If you ever want free off-the-air advice, we got that for you. You can talk with a member of Team Clark. I was in the Team Clark Center a little while ago, and it was hopping. A lot of questions rolling in on a variety of topics, and that's what we're there to do is to serve you with advice and information for your life, however you get it, whether it's at Clark.com or talking with someone off the air, being here with me on the show having our newsletters, whatever it is. If you want free off-the-air advice, we do that over 40 hours each weekday. We've been doing so now for 26 years. You can see the hours available each weekday, a number to call if you scroll down a little on Clark.com. I have an update for you right now on something that I talked about a week ago, I guess, that Target had decided to be ultra-aggressive for the Christmas shopping season and was offering free shipping pretty much across the board, no minimums, no memberships, nothing. So then Walmart said, wait, what are you doing here? So Walmart now on tens of millions of items at walmart.com is offering free shipping, no minimums. And Amazon, because this is really a three-horse race, at Christmas time, with Walmart being the biggest of all by far, Amazon the biggest online, Target uh, trying to establish a really solid presence online in addition to what they do in their stores. These three are the dominant players of retail and particularly with Christmas. So Amazon could not allow this advantage to Target and Walmart, and Amazon violating everything core to what Prime is about, that you pay a Prime membership fee of 120 bucks a year, and then in turn that gets you the two-day free shipping on pretty much everything sold at Amazon.com. They had to throw out that playbook, and now everybody gets free shipping until further notice. Members, not members, whatever. So the big three of retail, all making it a free shipping Christmas shopping season. I don't care that they say you can order free shipping, like in Target's case, up to December 22nd. Don't believe any of that. UPS and FedEx have a very small chance of being able to handle the deluge of packages in spite of all the staff they've added, new equipment, new processing terminals, new technology, all that. The 10th of December 
is when you should get your online shopping done if you expect it actually to get to somebody by Christmas Day. That's or Christmas Eve, I guess. At least that's advice, according to me, based on the sad stories I've had every year from people in the last five years that stuff didn't get there on time, Santa couldn't find that chimney, and people didn't have the gift to open Christmas morning. Chris is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Chris. Hey, good afternoon, Clark. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Chris. You got some uh, advice you want to share with your fellow listeners about being debt-free as quick as you can. Is that right? Well, it, it's, a, it's a thought. It's a, you know, it's just one of those other, you know, in the arsenal of the things that you come up with, uh, this is just one of those other takes, perhaps. Let me and, hear. Uh, it, well, it's, a, it's related to um, your, your mortgage, your home mortgage. And I've been educated from our current lender on a house where we just closed on that they have what's called recast, which means that um, you can pay uh, like a, a minimal fee, maybe $250, and you can apply at any point in time during the loan um, principal to it, like say $10,000. Each, each lender is going to apparently have a different um, minimum requirement. But basically what it does is it reduces the principal amount and recalculates it based on your existing rate, and it equates to just a smaller reduction in your monthly payment. So everything else stays the same. So it is something that is a tool you can use, and the advantage of a recast is that it reduces the monthly minimum you have to pay to stay above water. If you come into, let's say, you work as a salesperson, you get bonuses or whatever, you can take bonus money and you can put it against the mortgage balance and it will recalculate what the payment has to be but doesn't shorten the term. And Yeah, I'm sorry. So that's something that has become more popular with lenders because lenders actually hate it when you prepay on a mortgage and it shortens the term. Because it greatly reduces the amount of interest they'll earn from the loan. And so when you do a recast where you do the prepayment of principal, but they then recalculate your loan so it stays the same number of years, for you potentially it's a win in that it lowers the financial pressure of what kind of monthly payment you have to make. But the lender's a huge winner, maybe more so, because they end up with pretty much all the profit they were anticipating from your loan. Oh, so it's not, and so is it advantageous to them as well? Well, that's no good. Yeah, well, it's okay. <laughs> win wins are the win win situations are the best in capitalism. The only thing is okay. that it's a junk fee. I don't understand why you have to pay. Right. Paying uh, for the what they refer to as a privilege of being able to recast. But. My preference is if you do have additional cash that comes into your life, that you always look first, what's the best use of that additional cash versus just focusing on the mortgage? Like, I I like for people, if they come into a bonus or extra cash or whatever, that you look at, is there any additional saving for retirement you can do first? before you would prepay on a mortgage. Gotcha. What's your mortgage yeah. interest rate? 
The one back east is only three and a quarter, but the one we're we just started with a construction loan out here in the in the middle. So um, I really really wasn't concerned with what the exact rate was because we will uh, eventually turn it into a uh, you know a traditional mortgage. Got but it. I, I'm thinking maybe it's five and a quarter right now. Okay, and that's about where the market is right now. Yeah. So, um, how much longer do you have till you finish constructing the home? Oh, it's just, I just took the keys uh, Friday, so now it's the process of moving in. But see, the thing is, I was trying to figure what would be the best way to use money, and I think it's still better to reduce the principal on the place that we're living in now because there's more of a balance of a note than the place that we have back east. Actually, the, the smartest money goes to the one with the highest interest rate. Right. So the one yeah. back east... Even though it, the principal, yeah. Uh, the I'm one sorry. back east with an interest rate of three point whatever percent, there's mm-hmm. no desire to rush paying on that at all when you're carrying a, a mortgage rate that would be higher than that, this five point whatever. So what I would suggest to you is that you don't recast, that if you do have additional money, you just simply do prepayment of principal that will greatly reduce, and that doesn't cost you anything. You just pay no. the extra money additional principal payment, and you can do it with any monthly payment, and that will shorten the length of your loan and eliminate forever the interest that would have been charged on that amount of money of principal that you would have sent in. Gotcha. So then effectively, that's just as good, if not better, because then you're not paying any kind of a, a fee to uh, basically recalculate your, your note. Right, and you're saying? shortening the term and you're reducing... Uh, much more significantly, the total amount of interest you pay versus doing a recast. Oh, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. That's why we talk. And that's <laughs> why we have to listen to you. <laughs> How about that? I well, well yeah. I hope that I've been able to be of help. Bill is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Bill. Uh, hi, Clark. Thanks for taking my call. Certainly, Bill. How can I be of service to you? Actually, you want to be of service to others. Is that right? Uh, well, uh, cell phone service. All right. So the <laughs> um, word service definitely because, fits in this. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got a, a cell phone plan through T-Mobile, and I've, I've only ever gotten my phones in the past through the, the plan. Whoever I was getting the service from would, you know, give me a phone or sell me a phone. I've never comparison shopped phones. I've just used what they gave me and learned the apps and things as they came along. Uh, that would work on that phone for what I needed, which wasn't that much. But, you know, now I do email and pictures and all the stuff everybody does. Um, the phone is getting uh, old and, and glitchy and hanging up and acting weird. And uh, I'm, I'm looking for a new phone, but I don't really know how, how to go about getting a deal on a phone when it's not uh, just through the service. I know some services only use their own phones. So, so yeah, what so, can you tell so me this about is- that? This is going to be so much easier than it used to be. Uh, A couple of things. Motorola specializes in phones that work on any U.S. network. And not every Motorola phone works on every network, but their main thrust is phones that work on every network. But but they do not sell a service. They just sell the phone. They just sell the phone. So you could take it to T-Mobile, you could take it to Sprint, you could take it to Verizon, you take it to any um, uh, AT&T, any reseller, any uh, discount branded cell phone company. The phone go, is portable, 
and goes with you anywhere. And so they have done a really good job making it easy at Motorola for people to just buy a phone and be a free agent in who they get service from. And they and have the services the, are okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you're, that means they're not having to hassle with the phones at all. We're the only cell phone market in the world that I'm aware of that people routinely buy a cell phone from the cell phone carrier itself. In most of the world, people just buy a cell phone. They go to a retail store, grocery store, discount store, online, and they just buy a phone. It does seem like a conflict of interest. Yeah, so the to, Motorola, to are you a Costco member? Uh, not currently. I used to have one, but uh, but it lapsed a year or two ago. So Costco, uh, you, I'm sure you have friends that are Costco members. They're doing a oh, deal yeah. uh, this month that is, uh, I think it starts next week, where they're selling the Moto G6 for $189, unlocked, usable on any system. G6. Yeah, the Moto G6. It's a 5.7-inch screen smartphone. And how does that compare? I mean, is how how high the top of the line is that for? What oh, that's a right mid now? that's a mid market phone. It's nothing like getting the latest iPhone, the latest Samsung, the latest Pixel. I mean, it's a it's it, the phone is perfectly it's a perfectly good phone. I've tested it. Actually, both my brothers use that phone. And they so both seem a, very camera, happy. It has memory for pictures. Oh, pictures. Does all the, Thank does you. The internet. Thank you for mentioning pictures. This came up um, yesterday when I was, was talking to a gentleman who was getting a new phone. He said, How do I not lose my pictures? And you may have heard me earlier this hour mention Google Photos, whether you use an iPhone or an Android, download the app Google Photos and store all your photos with Google for free for life. Then you never have to worry about capacity for photos. You never have to worry about if your phone gets lost or stolen, if you're going to lose them. I dropped my phone in the lake last summer and uh, gone forever. And I got thrown off a boat. And uh, I had to choose between my wallet and my phone, and I chose my wallet. That sounds like a good decision. So with the Google Photos, my photos were safe, and my wallet was fine, too. Everything in it was so soaked. But you should see me. I'm trying to stay above water, and I'm holding my wallet straight up in the air out of the water. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Cherie is with us in Atlanta. Hi, how are you today? Hi, I'm good. Thank you. So you have a question for me about something that sounds like it's probably too good to be true, maybe. (laughs) How am I doing there? That's sort of, well, I, yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I actually already signed up. So I hope, um, I hope I didn't do the wrong thing. Oh, what'd you sign up for? Well, I read about a new app, a startup company, and it's called Bumped, B-U-M-P-E-D. And um, you, it's on your phone. And what you do is give them your credit card number, which obviously always makes everybody a little nervous. Anyway, give them your credit card number and then... When you buy something with that credit card on a, a list of brands that they have partnered with, you get 1% to 3% of your purchase in that company's stock. Yes. Okay. Um, so Bumped is the real deal. I talked about it back in late summer, I guess. And yeah, it was in the summer because we put a briefing up at Clark.com back in late uh, summer. And so it is, as you describe, and depending on the company, some of them don't give a whole lot, like airlines give you half a percent back, because airlines are always cheap, right? And then (laughs) other things give you a lot, like a lot of food places rebate 3% of your purchase back into company stock. And it doesn't even interfere with any other reward program things you're in with any of the companies it's just they know that if customers or stockholders even a little bit that they're more likely to be loyal to the brand and shop that brand more often well excellent i like free money so i made a dollar in the last week a dollar wow so what company stock do you now own a little bit of kroger and a little bit of home depot okay and so the companies that are on this are, are a wide variety. A lot of online companies are in here, uh, clothing stores. I mentioned airlines, ice cream, coffee, theaters. I mean, a variety of things. If you go to bumped.com or you can go read the full briefing at clark.com, you'll see what's up. And as far as giving up, your personal information, there's always a risk that somebody gets hacked, that the service gets hacked, and that's just part of life. Joel, do we have time to sneak in and ask Clark? Or yeah, not? we sure do, Clark. And Mark wrote in, he said, am I actually required to have car rental insurance? I don't own a car, so I have no personal car insurance. Oh, when you rent a car, that is really sticky because the real issue is liability If you do business with any insurance company, you should see if there's any coverage you can buy as a non-vehicle owner for when you rent a car. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.